The COVID-19 pandemic not done with us yet. This idea that the pandemic is over, as much as we all want it to be over, uh, it's just not true. It's really premature at best. A new subvariant of Omicron spreading around the world, the United States, and in Arizona. A bit different from the original BA uh, Omicron variant, and, and even there's some subvariants between that. Now concerns rising for the unvaccinated, the immunocompromised, and kids under five. But what it means to you is different depending on if you're unvaccinated, vaccinated, uh, boosted, and if you've had Omicron or not. This is a KOLD News 13 original podcast, Conquering COVID. I'm Andrew Capasso with another episode of Conquering COVID. My guest this time, Dr. Shad Marvasti. He's an associate professor of family, community, and preventative medicine at the U of A College of Medicine at Phoenix. He's back with us to talk about this latest subvariant and the impact we're seeing here and around the world. Dr. Marvasti, great to have you with us again. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, we first brought you on the podcast to talk about variants. You're, you're our variant guy. So now there's been a lot of talk about this new subvariant of Omicron called BA2. Uh, just what's, what's your take on it? Well, it's um, a bit different from the original BA uh, Omicron variant and, and even there's sub sub variants between that, like BA1 and BA1.1, which is what we likely had here in the States as opposed to folks in Europe. And there's always gonna be a number of variants, right? And so the point is what's variant that's concerning, what's not concerning, right? And how do we look at these variants? So in terms of BA2, um, we're seeing the numbers rise in Europe and definitely parts of Asia as well with record increases and it's really attributable to BA2. Um, Usually what we see here in the United States is when there's a new variant and a surge during this pandemic, Europe is usually about two or three weeks ahead of where we're going to be. Um, in this case, you know, what do we know about the variant? We know that this variant BA2 is about 30% more transmissible or infectious as compared to the strain that was the dominant Omicron that we saw uh, here in the winter months. Um, and um, we don't know whether it's more severe, but we know that it's at least as severe uh, as Omicron has been. Um, and severity at this point in the pandemic also depends on whether or not you've been vaccinated and also whether or not you've been boosted. So what it means to you is different depending on if you're unvaccinated, vaccinated, uh, boosted, and if you've had Omicron or not. Um, we don't know if you just had Omicron and survived it, if that's enough in terms of the natural immunity that you get from it. Um, that remains to be seen. We definitely know that in the United States, because of a lack of public health mitigation measures, and that definitely goes for Arizona, um, we had a lot more exposure to the original Omicron than we would otherwise, which is why you probably see such high numbers of BA2 in, in Asia, because they did a really great job of really, you know, uh, doing those public health control measures. And so a lot of people were not exposed to anything like this. And so that's why you're seeing such a, a huge um, number of folks now there. Um, so we may not see as many numbers here because of the fact that we kind of let things loose, but obviously a consequence of that and here in Arizona was that we had more deaths per capita than any other place, right? And that was preventable. Um, so it's kind of like a double-edged sword there. One thing that immediately sticks out to me as a parent and to a lot of other folks 
you've got this subvariant, it's spreading, it's 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 here, and you've got these kids under five who still don't have a vaccine. What do parents need to know? So if you are a parent of a child uh, who's under five who is not able to get vaccinated, you need to still act as if we're in the height of the surge uh, in terms of what you do to protect yourself and your family. Um, you should definitely get vaccinated and boosted if you're eligible to get boosted as a parent or any other member of the family, including other children who are above the age of five, if they're at that point where they can get boosted. Uh, an interesting stat there is that about 50% of folks in the United States who are eligible to get boosted have not gotten boosted. So that not only helps to protect them, but it also helps to protect members of their household, such as kids who are um, unable to get vaccinated under the age of five. Um, if you're, again, in this type of family where you have that situation, I would also still wear masks uh, indoors in high-risk public settings. Um, because again, you don't want to bring the bug back. It may not affect you, but it could be potentially more harmful for your child. Um, I think the same is also true if you have a family member who's elderly or uh, is immunocompromised or has a chronic disease that puts them at higher risk. Because as the numbers creep up, the risk for those folks is going to be higher, even if they're vaccinated and boosted, where obviously it's still going to be much lower, but it's going to be relatively higher compared to other people. Masks also still work indoor. Masks work against every and any variant that exists or will exist, uh, as far as we know right now, in terms of everything that science has told us. So high quality masks and indoor public settings are definitely a good idea if you have a child under the age of five, or if you have a family member or you yourself or someone who is at higher risk because of a chronic illness uh, or because of your age. I want to talk about the masks in a minute, but first, the big thing we're seeing now uh, is the pandemic fatigue. We're in three years of this now. People don't want to hear about masks anymore. They don't want to hear about social distancing and all that stuff. Does this subvariant force us to tell ourselves, hey, we're not done yet? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely tells us that. I think it may not be as bad um, as obviously the main Omicron surge because of the level of immunity and vaccination and boosters that we have. But, um, you know, that just could be a precursor for another variant, right? That could be much worse. So I think it tells us that, you know, this idea that the pandemic is over as much as we all want it to be over uh, is just not true. It's really premature at best. Um, we, this is the natural cycle of the virus is that it goes down in terms of the numbers around this time of year, and then it comes back up again in the summer and then back in, you know, kind of a steady pace, maybe goes down a little bit and then comes back up again in the winter. Right. So I think before we can say it's endemic and we're done with the acute phase of this pandemic, we're going to have to go through the summer, fall and winter and see how things go. Um, but you know, the main focus, again, I know we can't control completely what variants may be lurking out there, but there's two things we can do that, um, you know, both as an individual and as a collective, you know, and, you know, around the world, right? So individually, we can all get vaccinated and we can all get boosted so that even if there is another variant, that variant doesn't, isn't going to mean much, right? Because if you get sick, it's going to be like a, just like a cold, right? You know, we saw that with Omicron where people who were boosted um, basically just had a cold. And that was it. Um, that's what we kind of want to do with this thing. And then globally, collectively, if we can get a critical mass of people vaccinated during this time 
when the numbers are low, right? We can hit like 90% fully vaccinated and boosted once you're eligible, then it doesn't matter. And there's not going to be another variant. If you get everybody vaccinated, then that's not going to be an issue anymore because there's not going to be a space, a host for the vaccine to mutate and spread and form a new variant. So we have the tools. We know how to stop this pandemic. The question is whether or not we're going to be brave enough uh, and wise enough to learn from our mistakes. We know and we've known that we're going to keep seeing variants until people around the world get vaccinated, until we get a lot more people. Because, yeah, people in this country are vaccinated to some degree, but places where these variants are coming from, we're not seeing the high vaccination numbers. So with that in mind, what comes next? I've asked you this before, when it comes to a variant, do we see another type of Omicron where it's not that bad? Or do we see something like Delta where it's a pretty serious wake-up call? We can't say. It could be either way. Honestly, it could go either way. Unfortunately, we have no way of knowing completely because as long as, as you pointed out, there's a big portion of population anywhere in the world uh, where you have less than 50% of a population fully vaccinated, that's more than enough people for uh, a new variant to get created, formed, and, and basically propagate and then spread eventually around the world. And that mu variant could be very benign, uh, could just become like the common cold, or it could become even more del- uh, deadly than Delta. Talked about masks. I want to delve into that a little bit more. As this spreads, uh, BA2, we know the CDC says transmission's low in Arizona, across most of the country. Their recommendation, it's okay to take the mask off, leave it at home, go back to quote unquote normal. Where are you on that guidance? Do you think that's the right call or do you think that it's, it's okay to leave the mask at home for some people? I think it's okay for some people. It's a risk, uh, you know, kind of a um, cost benefit analysis, but I think it's still premature, especially when we're not requiring vaccines. So I would feel much more comfortable with that if we required vaccines in public places. Um, So I think what they did was they just said, okay, no more vaccine requirements and no more mask requirements, basically as if like the pandemic's over. And it's just premature to do that. So I think a better bet would have been to say, okay, nobody wants to wear masks anymore. Great. We're going to require vaccines in high risk indoor public settings. If you want to partake in those public events and activities, you need to be vaccinated. Um, And then you can take your mask off. Uh, So I'm still personally wearing my mask in indoor public settings um, in part because of, um, you know, just to kind of protect family members who are more vulnerable but then also in part out of principle, because I I honestly don't think it's time to just completely throw away the masks. And I feel like I want to set a good example for my kids. And I also want to make a statement about that. Um, Now, if everywhere I went, like I've traveled around the country, different places in states where they've required vaccines uh, for restaurants and bars and places like that, in those settings, I feel comfortable taking off my mask. As a doctor, as a public health person, compared to the original strain of Omicron, or to just how, how concerned are you about this particular subvariant as we see it spreading? I'm not as concerned about the subvariant because I don't think it's that different from, uh, from the original variant, or at least the version of the variant of the Omicron that was here. I think between the exposures that we had, which was much more than other places, Um, and the vaccine and booster immunity that we've had, 
I think, uh, and then breakthrough cases, right? If you have a breakthrough case, you're even more uh, protected, right, than others. I think it's going to be relatively um, calmer. Uh, you know, I don't think it, you'll probably see a bump in the numbers, but for those who are unvaccinated, um, it may be actually more serious. And it is concerning for people who are at higher risk. And then obviously I'm also concerned about kids under the age of five, um, because, you know, for them, you know, again, it may, it may be a little bit more serious. So, cause they're not able to get vaccinated. So I think if you're in those categories, you should take more precautions, but I wouldn't worry about it to the level that we were worried about the, from the original Omicron. Um, you know, right now, um, about 40% of the cases in New Jersey and uh, New York and the North, Northeast are uh, this BA2. Uh, we're seeing a slight uptick in numbers, but we're not seeing a big jump in hospitalizations just yet. Um, so that's a good sign. The wastewater surveillance program around the country has shown an uptick, but Again, we haven't seen a huge increase in hospitalizations or people who are severely ill or an increase in deaths. Um, it may be a little bit too early. We're already at, I believe, 27% of all the cases that we do have in Arizona are BA2. Um, and when it was at that point for the original Omicron, we were already seeing much higher numbers than we are now. Um, so I think based on that uh, and the trends, it will definitely go up, um, but it's not going to be as bad as the, the Omicron wave was. All right, Dr. Shadmarvasi, great to talk to you again. Thank you. You're most welcome. Hope that was helpful. My thanks again to Dr. Marvasi for his time. Join us again next time for Conquering COVID, a KOLD News 13 original podcast. I'm Andrew Capasso.